Hey there, Andy Jenkins back at it from the third floor up in my attic overlooking downtown Birmingham, overlooking my backyard and just hanging out with you for a few more minutes talking about one of my, uh, well, this is one of my favorite things. I, goodness, I, I realize I say that actually about everything that I'm teaching because um, I've been telling you that the redemption stuff that I teach is some of the favorite things that we put together. And I, I realize as I'm reflecting on that, that when we had this healing workshop that we'd just come out with, I was telling everybody, goodness, this is my favorite thing that I put together. So I, I think I'm coming to the conclusion that like whatever I'm talking about at that moment is actually my favorite thing. So um, that said, for this episode and for, I, I think it's going to roll for three more, and I know I've already done two on this topic, so uh, I'm talking about the latter. I'm talking about the material that we teach at the Advance, which is an event that I do with my friends Les Wright and Barrick Birchfield. Do that about every five to seven months, every September and every February, and you can get all of that info at eatsleepadvance.com. Or you can just go to theladder.info and you can download the free worksheet for the things that I'm actually going to talk to you about right now. Okay, eatsleepadvance.com or theladder.info. And today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about some of the information that we talk about in session number two of the advance, which is how. Okay, session number one is what, and these are all rungs on the ladder. So it's a five rung ladder. And so often, you know, you, you got this idea that um, people are climbing the corporate ladder or they're climbing a ladder to get to the head. And here's, here's the deal. This ladder that we teach at the advance is, it's a ladder that you set against the wall that you want to set. So, you, you know, you always make sure it's going to take you exactly where you want it to go. Um, so it's not it's not a thing where you're going to be climbing all up this ladder, get to the very top and look and go, gosh, I, I don't want to be here. Like I set this in the wrong place. And plus, here's what I think. It is a short ladder. It is not a 30-rung corporate ladder. It is a five-step ladder. I mean, you could you could probably run a five-step ladder. You could run and jump to the top of that if you had a good vertical leap, right? It's a short, 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 short ladder because I believe this. I believe that the dreams that God has put inside of you are huge. They're colossal. They are amazing, yet at the same time, they're so within reach. Because remember, Jesus said things like, the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. And not only is it at hand, not only is it close by, not only is it like here among us, he said the kingdom of God is, get this, kingdom of God is, it is within you. It is inside of you, waiting to spontaneously burst forth to come out. So that's... That's all the front load, the precursor, the ideas that you need to know. Kind of when you start framing this ladder that we're talking about. All right, I'll, I'll review more about the ladder um, maybe next episode when we get to number three, which is we go from the what to the how to the why. And in this one, we're talking about the how. Now, uh, with what, we talked about defining your dream in each area of your life and re- really kind of saying the idea of, you know, you really can't get there wherever there is, if you don't know where there actually is, like you got to label where you're going and you actually have to even define now where you are, where you're starting. Now, the second topic that we get onto is the how, and we start talking about how, how do you get from here to there? When we start talking about how, we really start diving into this idea of priorities, we start diving into this idea of, of really what I, I like to term the reality of trade-offs. And, and that is this. Every time you say yes to one thing, you are saying no 
to something else, even if that something else isn't yet on the table. It's like you and I have a finite time. We have a finite amount of energy. We have a finite amount of focus. And by focusing, giving time to, dedicating energy to something, you are negating the energy you can put to something else. In fact, I just kind of lead into it like this at the advance. We say this. This is the main, this is the main idea for session number two is saying yes to the great. Saying yes to the great often requires saying no to the good. Uh, think about it like marriage. I just celebrated my 19th year of marriage. And I tell you, we, we've had good seasons. We've had bad seasons. We, we know what it means to live for better or for worse. And a lot of you who are married know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so both, for better or for worse. Now, when I married Christy 19 years ago, when I said I do, and when she married me, when she looked at me and said I do, um, first of all, I'd remind you, like we had no idea what we're getting into, Right. Um, but second of all, when we said I do, when we said I do to you, uh, I do t- to the person in front of us, we, we are in fact saying I don't to everyone else. And I would say that you would say, yeah, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Okay. And, and then now, let me say this that's not just true in marriage, that's true in all of life. That by saying I do to something, you are saying don't to other things. Again, because time, energy, resources, focus, mental clarity, sharpness, they are they are limited. Uh, at, at the advance, I, I kind of liken it to this. A lot of times we'll get guys up on stage and we'll, we'll just ask them, hey, uh, who in here who in here can juggle? And, and it doesn't matter if they can or can't. We get them up there and we just say, hey, let's just take a shot at it. So uh, we, we get guys up there and we just start off with one ball. And hey, everybody, everybody juggle it. So, you know, you got guys up there and they're on stage and they're juggling one ball. And it's funny because I I think when you get on stage, if you're not used to being on stage, it's like your IQ and your skill level drops by like, uh, you know, 10 percentage points or something. It's, It's bizarre because even like I'm on stage a lot and even things that I could do normally, like just go in my backyard and juggle, like you get up there in front of people and all of a sudden like the spotlight's on and it's hard. And so it's surprising how many guys try to juggle one and it's a challenge. Um, but so generally they all do it. So juggling one. And then we'll say, all right, let's add another one to it. And so they start juggling two. And generally everybody can do that. And I know you're saying that's not really juggling, but then we say, let's juggle three. And it's surprising how many people can't juggle three. Um, and, and here's what I notice: um, Sometimes we go to number four. I don't think on stage we've ever actually had anybody that could do four. Uh, maybe at some point, some I mean, at some point, somebody's going to get up there and they're just going to blow it out with five or something. But four, when we throw in the fourth one, and with some guys, most guys, we throw in that third one, it's not just that they drop the last ball that we added in. The reality of trade-offs is this. When you start throwing in too many balls, they all fall. Like, you don't just lose number three. You don't just lose number four. It's like when you add too much, it's, uh, it's enough to make them all hit the ground. And here's, here's how we apply that. Okay, so I'm juggling everyday family. And I'm juggling everyday something from health and fitness. And I'm juggling everyday faith and spirituality. And I'm, I'm juggling everyday fitness and something with my fitness. And I'm juggling everyday marriage. I'm married. And I'm juggling everyday, oh, wait, if I insert a hobby in there, 
can, can I keep juggling? Or is that is that going to be the one that like makes me drop them all? You see what I'm saying? Like Because you and I, we can't do everything. We can't focus on everything. I, I can't be this and that. I can't um, chase this major in college and also chase that one. I, I've got to choose. I can't marry this person and marry that one. I've got to choose. I can't pursue this business opportunity and pursue that one. I've got to choose. I can't many times even be a good father and be a good hobbyist. I've got to choose. Years ago, I used to love cycling. I got this bike. I used to go on Saturdays and go ride 30, 40, 50 miles. I would do that on the weekends, and I would run during the day uh, of the week. And when I went and ran, it was like 30 minutes, 40, 45 minutes. I could go quick, and I could get a good, sharp workout in. When I went cycling, sometimes it would take four and five hours. And I figured out pretty quickly, like, I can't be a good cyclist and be a good dad right now. Um, the season that we were in in life was just young kids, and they needed that time and they needed that attention in the weekend mornings when everybody was there. And too often, I was checking out for hours at a time. I'd come back and I'd be tired for the rest of the day. And so the reality of trade-offs was I could juggle one of those balls in the mix, but not both. Right? I, I remember my dad, when I was younger, I used to go to the golf course with him when I was you know, in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. And I, I would drive the golf cart around. But at some point, he stopped playing golf. And I, I don't even remember when he stopped playing. I just remember he stopped. And years later, I remember asking him why he stopped. And the reason he stopped was because it was taking so many hours away from me and from my brothers and sisters. And, uh, or well, I've got one of each, right? So from me and my brother and sister. And the reality was, you know, he could spend time with one of us out there, but he, he couldn't really do all of us. And he couldn't do my mom at the same time. And so th- the idea became, hey, look, this is just a no um, for now because I'm saying yes to something else. And that is, that's the reality of trade-offs. And when you come into this how section, and we start talking about pursuing your dreams, the first thing we've got to come to grips with is there's got to be time and space, and oftentimes you have to create that. There's got to be time and space to pursue these dreams, and and let's just be honest, all of us, we're we're all busy. We're all stretched thin. In fact, fact, that's, that's kind of one of the hallmarks of the calling cards today is you go to people and you say, hey, how's it going? And the first thing out of their mouth is, man, we're busy. We're we're really busy. Like we're, we're just too busy. And you know, what's funny about that is rather than sometimes that being a complaint of, gosh, man, we're so busy and I'm, God, I don't want to be busy. I'm looking for ways to kind of scale back and for, you know, stop the train and, and to, you know, get it off the tracks or, you know, I don't want to just keep barreling down rather than looking at it as a complaint. So often we look at it as, as a mark of glory as a mark of uh, self-worth or importance that I've got so much stuff going on. I've got so many irons in the fire that like, it's therefore I must be valuable because there's so much that I'm being commanded to do. And, and I'm looking, no, 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 no. Because like the most important things in life, like those require time and space too. Now, what I've noticed over the last, um, really I've been studying this for the last three, four years. And what, what I'm noticing more and more is of the people who don't succeed, 
And if you remember in the last episode, I, I define success as living the God-given dream inside of you, the one that He's planted there, the one that you know is the mark of heaven, the mark of the kingdom on your life, is the spiritual DNA that He has wired up for you, right? I think the reason a lot of people don't hit that or don't get that is is two, two issues. One issue is this, is not doing the right things to get there. And, and by not doing the right things, I don't, I don't mean making the right moral decisions. Uh, I mean not doing the things that actually step that dream into reality, not actually making progress intentionally by stepping towards that dream. Uh, like in my health and fitness example that I gave you in the last episode, um, a lot of people don't achieve their weight loss goal because they don't do the right things that would bring that in fruition. Like they don't eat the right way or they don't exercise enough or they don't get enough rest. They, they don't do actions congruent with the dream. A lot of people that want to have a sizzling hot marriage, they don't do the things that uh, bring that into fruition. Well, you, know, you know, like I talk to guys a lot of times and I'll say, well, when's the last time you and your wife went out on a date? And, and some of them, like shockingly, you know, I'm thinking like if, if me and Christy haven't been out in a couple weeks, which is extremely rare, like it's it's usually rare that we miss a week. And, and if we have, we notice it. But I'll talk to guys and I'll say, when's the last time you took your wife out on a date? Like just you and her went somewhere, just you and her went out. And sometimes they'll say, and, and these are older guys. Like these are guys that are in their 30s and early 40s. So, so you know, they, they've got time and space to do this. It's not a health issue. It's just a priority issue. They'll sometimes say, well, man, it's been like th- three or four years. Or they'll say, like, we, we, haven't, we haven't been out since we've been married. Or, or we haven't been out, you know, since we have kids. Well, how old are your kids? Well, they're six and seven. And, and like, that's not rare to hear that. Like that stuff that I hear routinely. Okay. And so what they're doing is they're wanting to have this smoking hot marriage. They're wanting to have this. Um, and, and I know these guys love their wives. That's not the, that maybe they just never been taught. Like maybe, maybe that somebody's just never showed them that there needs to be this congruency between where you want to be and what you want and the actions like actually now that you take to step and to get there. Right. It, it's just like when you're in school and you're taking uh, a class, uh, you, you know that if you, if you don't study a little bit every single day, like when you're in college, you know if you don't do that and, and, and continually kind of put that information at the front of your mind, you know that if you don't do that, like you're not going to make an A on that test. And, and yes, I know there are exceptions to the rule, but generally those are, uh, I mean, by definition, an exception is a rarity. It is a, like getting struck by lightning, it is a rarity. Like winning a lottery ticket is a rarity. Like we, we don't want to build our lives around the rarities, the exceptions. You know, the exception comes like, praise Jesus, you know, let's receive it and celebrate it. But let that be the exception of an added blessing that falls on us, not the thing that we were planning on to get us through. And so, so what I see with the reason most people fail at reaching that potential, reaching that dream, that thing that's put inside of them by God, is they just don't do the actions that are congruent with that dream. And the second thing that I see is this, is if they do those actions, they don't do them consistently over the long haul. There's there's this great meme, it's a great picture that you've seen online, no doubt, somewhere where there's this guy, he's, it's a cartoon, he's mining for gold, 
and he's just kind of tunneling through and he's digging and he's digging and he's digging and he's in this he's in this mine and you can see kind of a side shot and he just gives up with the pickaxe like he gives up and stops digging and you see in the picture like he's turning around he's walking the other way and you see that like he was just minuscule like he was almost there about to break through and so in that picture, the guy was doing the right thing. He was headed exactly towards what he needed to be headed towards, but he stopped too soon. Now, you remember in the previous episode, I talked to you about sowing and reaping. And I said that we always sow what we want to reap. We always sow it where we want it. We always sow it and we reap more. We reap more than we sowed. So you put in a little bit, you get a lot more out. And we always... We always sow before we reap. In other words, we reap after we sow. That is always secondary. The reaping always happens after the sowing. And and we don't know, you know, there's a different harvest time for all different sorts of plants. There's different harvest time for all sorts of dreams. And what I see so often is so many people, number one, don't do the right actions. They don't do the things congruent with their dreams, but then so many of them give up too soon. I remember when I was uh, working out, when I was losing weight, I I was, I still work out, you know, just about every single day. I still eat right just about every single day. Um, I remember when I was doing this back, you know, three, four years ago when I was trying to lose the weight. um, I remember that after the first day of exercising, eventually I lost 50 pounds. I remember after the first day, nobody noticed in fact, um, I lost a little bit of weight that day. I lost about a pound that day. It was probably mostly water weight, you know, that sort of thing, extra water I was retaining. Lost a little bit of weight that day, but no, nobody noticed. That day, I looked about, you know, half a percent better to me. Nobody else noticed. The next day, I lost just, just a little bit, another fuzz. That week, I, that first week, I lost about three pounds total. Worked all week, worked hard all week, and lost three pounds I was uh, at that point. What is that? I mean, I, I was like, uh, you know, about uh, goodness, two uh, percent towards my goal, two and a half, three percent towards my goal, something like that. N- nobody, nobody could notice. Um, I was just a little bit better um, than what I had started at. Um, but as I continued that, you know, a month later, I was, uh, I was a month into it. I was, you know, uh, about twenty-five percent of the way to the goal. Uh, two months into it, I was over halfway to the goal. And it was with time that it became apparent. And it was the persistence and the consisting of the continual action that moved me from where I was to where I want to be. And, and this is true in every area of my life. So often we don't get instant results with relationships, uh, whether it's a strange relationship with kids or it's uh, been a rocky relationship with a spouse or uh, w- whatever it is, a health goal. You know, you don't see an instant result, so we quit too soon. And what I'm saying is there's definitely this thing where we want to do the right action, but we want to do it in a consistent, drawn-out manner of time. A lot of times it's just a matter of time until it comes to pass. And and, and the thing that I propped on was I told you last time that Success, it's it's not like winning the lottery ticket. It's not it's not like the Willy Wonka chocolate bar where just you know five winners and by somebody winning means that somebody else can't win. Success 
is a recipe where if you follow the instructions and you do the actions related to the dream that you're pursuing, um, and they're all time tested, you know, it's not hard to find how to lose weight. It's not hard to find how to even go run a marathon. It's not hard to find how to have a great marriage. It's not hard to find how to how to build up your faith life. It's, it's not hard to find out how to do just about anything that's your dream, whether it's learn to play the guitar or run a successful home-based business. Success is a recipe, meaning if you will follow the time-tested, proven methodology that people have used, and if you will get in the, quote, kitchen of whatever it is that you're doing and take action as the chef, you know, for lack of a better term, of whatever it is, you know, knowing that no meal cooks itself, no dream just spontaneously uh, burst into fruition, you know, no Big Bang Theory here, um, then you're going to end up with the meal. You know, you spend the right amount of time doing the right things, there is a consistency um, that seems that seems to come into play. Uh, so often, I think we get discouraged because we don't see those results uh, quickly. Um, you've seen this picture. There's a great one. It's in the advanced workbook, um, which the book, by the way, is called the ladder. And, and again, I've got the link for it in the show notes where you can kind of see that and you can download um, some excerpts from that that'll help you when you're listening to these podcasts, um, at least this series, it'll help you. Um, there's this great picture of an iceberg and, and you've seen it where 95% of the iceberg is underneath water, 5% is on top. And that 5% is what we often look at, you know, the visible success, everybody else's moment in the spotlight. And what we don't look at is we don't look at the invisible struggle that's underneath the water. We don't look at things like persistence and failure and sacrifice and, you know, being humiliated and making mistakes and doubt, frustration, We don't look at things under the surface like good habits done well intentionally over time consistently when nobody's paying attention and putting in extra hours. You you know, we we don't look at the loneliness and isolation. You you know, we see the highlight reel when people are on stage and everybody's clapping and cheering or we see the moment when somebody posts something on Facebook and, and we see, you know, hundreds of people liking that and people sharing that and, and people chiming in and leaving comments. No, I'm looking up to you about this. But we see that, but we don't see all of the other moments, which is the bulk of the moments, which is showing up even, even when you don't feel like it. You see, like what, what I'm learning about success is most people swim underwater. They don't stand on top of the iceberg. And people who even do stand on top of the iceberg, who get in that 5%, you see their visible success. You see them living their dream. Even when they're not there in the spotlight, like they're swimming underwater still even after they've achieved the dream. Um, there's a great story about I saw this clip about Jerry Rice. You know, he is the wide receiver that broke all the football records, the wide receiver that um, was there with Joe Montana, you know, San Francisco 49ers. And the story is, like, he would get there to practice every single practice before anybody else, and he would be running his routes. And, and he would stay long after everyone else had ever left. And and he'd be running stadiums up and down the stairs and still running and going over his routes. And there's stories about Jerry Rice where whenever they were throwing reps to the receivers, you know, you'd see the other receivers run out, uh, particularly the rookies, they'd catch the pass and they'd just kind of trot, you know, and they'd run back and kind of gingerly toss the football back to the quarterback, you know, for another rep. And the, the idea with Jerry Rice was he would do it completely differently. Like every time he got his turn at getting a rep, like he would go out full speed, 
And as soon as he caught it, he would run to the end zone every single time. And people would ask him, well, why would you do that? And he said, well, because I want to train my body to where every time these hands receive a pass, these feet go to the end zone. Now, um, the story is that a couple years ago, a guy that knew him saw, was watching, flipping through television, saw Dancing with the Stars, and saw that, oh, golly, like, <laughs> Jerry Rice is on, and his wife mentioned it to him. Hey, Jerry Rice is, like, he's, he's on Dancing with the Stars. And the husband who had worked you know, and played with him before, looked at, looked at his wife and said, he's going to win. And she said, well, what? You haven't even seen him dance. Like, you, you don't know if he can dance or not. You don't know what he's going to do. He's like, I don't care. He's going to win. And she was like, well, how do you know he's going to win? And he's like, he will persist and he will work harder than anyone else. It doesn't matter if he can dance right now or not. He will, and here's just kind of applying it to my analogy right here, even though this is not the language that he used. He will swim underwater. He will not look at only the highlight reel. He will swim underwater. And because he will swim underwater, 99% of the time, you will see that moment when he's on stage. You know, I think about it even now, like football season's coming up. And so we see these guys, like you're going to see some NFL quarterbacks' careers probably made this year. And somebody's going to win the Super Bowl. And you're going to see that quarterback at the end of the season on stage um, somewhere in a stadium. And, and everybody's going to look, and there's going to be this great Sports Illustrated cover, and he'll be on it. And the reality is, right now, he's probably showing up to practice and flinging a ball in an empty stadium. He's throwing it to a ball boy. He's throwing it uh, towards a, quote, empty tire or some kind of target in the stadium. He's chunking it when nobody sees. And because of the invisible struggle, there will be visible success. And so often what I see that we want is we want the moment of stepping on the scale and seeing the weight is going. We want the moment of whatever it is, the business success, walking, getting the goal. But I'm reminding you and just saying, no, it's, it's a recipe and it's consistently staying in the kitchen on the long haul and choosing to do those actions and choosing to do that, not something else. And by doing that, you know that success is going to come. Now, there's this great concept that we teach in the advance, and it is called, it's called this, the good, fast, cheap pyramid. Good, fast, cheap pyramid. Here's, here's what it means. Like, just draw a pyramid right there. You know, if, if you've got a pen and paper and you're somewhere where you can write, um, I want you to draw a pyramid, and I, I want you to kind of look at, you know, you know, just like a triangle. And on one corner up at the top, put good. That means high quality. Um, on the next one down, put fast. And on the next one, put cheap. Good, fast, cheap. Now, uh, Bernie Mac had a show out a couple years ago, and his wife, Wanda, wanted a home renovation project done. And she was wanting it done really, really well, really high quality. She wanted the best contractor she could find. She wanted it good, and she wanted it done now. She wanted it done fast, and she wanted it cheap. She wanted it to not cost much. And Bernie Mac looked at her and he said, no, you can't do that. You can choose two but you can't have all three. Now, you can choose it and you can have it good and fast, but if you do good and fast, that contractor's gonna drop everything he's got going on. He's gonna come in here, it's gonna be high quality. He's gonna do it quickly, but it will be expensive, not cheap. And she didn't like that answer. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, you can do it fast and cheap, 
But if you do it fast and cheap, it's not going to be good quality. He's going to get here. He's going to band-aid it together, and he's going to swing it up whenever he can quickly. He's going to get in. He's going to get out. He's going to make a little bit of money. Um, it won't be high quality. She didn't like that answer. They said, well, you can choose good and cheap. You know, he's going to do it really good, really high quality, and he'll do it cheap. He'll do it at a low price, but he's going to fit it in when he feels like it. It's not going to be quick. He's not going to prioritize it. It's not going to be fast. Good, fast, cheap. You can choose two out of the three. Now, here's what I think. Really, you can't negotiate on that uh, good. Like, whatever you do, whatever dream that God has put inside of you, family, health, you know, business, um, your faith, what, whatever he's put inside, your kids, your marriage, whatever he's put inside of you, like that dream is worth doing at high quality. And so what I'm saying is with the time factor, you can do it fast, meaning if you do it fast, it's not going to be cheap, or you can do it cheap, meaning if you do it cheap, it's not going to be fast. You got one of the two you can choose between. You go, what do you mean? Well, here's, here's what I mean on that. If you do it fast, it's going to cost you more mental time, more focus, more maybe maybe even more money, more investment of skill, more investment on the front. Like you're going to have to go all in if you're going to do it fast. You're going to have to relegate other things off of the side. Like your reality of trade-offs is going to be higher. That's going to be less free time. That's going to be less other dreams. That's going to be less other things. And if you're right now in a stage of life where you're building into children or you're building into a career and you're pursuing health, or you're building into something else, it may mean that you can't do that. Cheap means that um, it just happens slower. And either way, I would say this, whatever pace you're going, the idea is to go consistent and do a consistent pace with a consistent loop of the actions. You see? And when you decide to do that, you've got to you got to do this thing where you calendar it, where you put it on the schedule and you actually, Schedule it by writing it down or going digital into the app. Um, a lot of times we've got a home-based business, so we talk to people. We were talking to um, people all the time and say, well, um, they're wanting to hit the next rank because the next rank has a certain amount of income that they make at that, which is a life-changing sum of money, to be honest, um, where you can make uh, several thousand dollars. You know, It replaces um, what for most people is a full-time income and is certainly a great, great part-time income, particularly for the freedom to be working from home. And so we'll talk to team members sometime and say, well, um, let's talk about your consistent actions that you do every single day because this success in this business is, is like a recipe. And so we can look at what other successful people do and we can cue off those actions and make sure we're doing those and not doing other things that seem to just kind of be, um, they look good on paper, but they're really kind of a waste of time. And honestly, sometimes we'll get some kickback on that. People want to be the exception to the rule and think they can be the star quarterback without throwing reps of the football through the tire. They want to be the star basketball player without shooting endless amounts of free throws. Or they want to be the business superstar without doing you know, the things that successful business leaders do. They want to do something else. That never works. The, the other thing that they want to do is work less hours not prioritize and work the same amount of hours 
that you can look at is part of the success recipe that successful people actually do. And sometimes we'll push them on that a little bit and say, well, look, here's here's how many hours the successful people work. This is how many hours they swim underwater. This is how many hours they work invisibly, struggling, persisting with the good habits, with the patience, with the long suffering of the unseen in order to have the visible success. And so, unless you're, well, it's sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll our, our friends will say, well, I want, I want to work, you know, they'll, they'll say whatever hours they want to work. And sometimes it's like 25% of those hours. And the reality is, unless you're four to five times as gifted as the average, you're not going to get those results, right? And unless you're willing to calendar all of those hours that successful people get, and unless you're willing to calendar, um, I would say four to five days of 30 minutes at least of exercise, you're not going to physically get into shape. Unless you're willing to calendar a weekly date night, you know, it might be harder to get that marriage on the same page. Unless you're willing to calendar and schedule specific time to get alone and pray and meditate and dive into scripture, like the faith life may stall. Unless you're willing to calendar specific amount of time to spend doing certain things with the kids or with friends or with whatever it is, working on your business, whatever it is, unless you want to calendar that, it's not really, let's just say it like this, it's not really a priority, right? In, in other words, like there's this, there's this great, there's this great, uh, it's, it's a meme, it's a graphic, it's a, uh, it's a shareable image that we have with the advanced material that says like this, your calendar reveals what's really important. But in the same way that your checkbook, okay, or your bank statement reveals the, really your priorities and where your heart is, whether your heart's in your house or whether it's in taking amazing trips and vacations with your family or whether it's in buying gadgets or whether it's in giving, you know, money away and um, living generously or whether it's a combination of all of that, you know, your checkbook really reveals that. Your calendar reveals what's important to you. In, in other words, you can't cry, you can't sob about unmet potential in your dreams if that dream and the action steps associated with that dream aren't on your schedule. If, if you're really not willing to calendar it, you're not really owning the dream. Like that's one of the biggest steps there is you've got to um, find out what the repeating actions are that you should do and then schedule time and space for those and then persist. Now, obviously, this fits back to that reality of juggling. You can only juggle so many balls. And if I'm going to schedule exercise for every single morning, that means there's other things I can't schedule every single morning. If I'm going to schedule uh, a date night once a week, I can't schedule other things uh, on that night every single week. If I'm going to prioritize faith, and growth spiritually, or if I'm going to prioritize self-development, or if I'm going to prioritize reading a certain amount of books this year, I, I can't prioritize Game of Thrones, right? Or I can prioritize Game of Thrones, but I've got to give something else up. I can't juggle an infinite amount of balls, and by choosing a certain amount, like I'm choosing these three or four, that means I'm, I, I'm saying no to the others, yeah, I know. That leads to an interesting dilemma, doesn't it? Because there's always things that we want to do that we can't do. Um, you, can, you can think about it like this uh, with budgeting. You know, Who, money-wise, has enough money to buy everything they want? 
Now, now I, I mean, not like the richest man in the world, you know, and Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and all these guys, the, you know, the uh, sheiks and princes in Saudi Arabia. I mean, like of us, like who has enough money to buy everything they want? And, and the reality is none of us do. We all trade off some things. You know, you know, we know if I buy this, I can't buy that. Or if I choose this, by choosing this, I'm saying no to something else. I'm, I'm not saying these are negatives. I'm saying this is just the reality, right? We know that, you know, if I buy this, I can't go get that car. If I buy that car, I can't go on this trip. If I go on that trip, well, I can't do the renovation on the house, at least not now until I save up more money. The same is true with your time. If you budget this with your time, you can't budget that. You know, we don't have an infinite amount of of time. Now, because of that, we teach this exercise at the advance called this. I'll, I'll repeat it. It's called the start, stop, continue exercise. Okay, let me say it again. Start, stop, continue. Start, stop, continue. There are actions that you need to put on a list that you're going to start. They are things that you are not doing now. For instance, you might have identified these in the last episode that if you are wanting to have a rocking marriage, you need to start having a date night. You need to start talking to your spouse at least a few times during the day. You need to start hugging, kissing them first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening or you know whatever the action is for you. You need to start doing some things that you're not doing now. Okay, You need to stop doing other things that you are doing, not because they're bad, not because they're wrong, not because they're sin issues, not because they're evil, but because of that thing that you have a limited amount of time. Okay, so you need to stop, like I told you my dad did, stop playing golf, um, unless that's something that you're holding on to, because there, there's just not a limited amount of resources, right? It's just, it's a finite list. Um, you need to stop eating, uh, drinking white chocolate mochas from Starbucks, like I do, with caramel added to them two times a day, uh, every single day. Like, that had to stop in order for me to, to lose weight, to get healthy. Right? You also have things you need to continue. Like, there are things that you're doing right now that totally push your dream forward. They're in alignment with where you want to be. And those things, you need to just say, hey, these things are continue, and these are something I will not let go of. These are things that have to be done. Start, stop, continue. Start something, stop some things, continue other things. Start, stop, continue. Now, out of that, there's this great exercise that I learned a few years ago, and it's called this. It's called the no for now, not for later. It's called a no for now, not for later. So when you get to that stop exercise, there are things you need to stop forever, i.e. white chocolate mochas with caramel added to them. 720 calories per drink. I was at Starbucks drinking, drinking, 1,500 calories a day in just sugar drinks. And every time I went, I always got like a, uh, I had a picking order of the snack that I got with the drink. I, it was either an apple fritter or an old-fashioned donut or a cheese danish. Like that's kind of the order that I went in. It's ridiculous, okay? Stop that forever. There are certain like TV shows, okay? I'm, I'm not against TV. I love television, but I watch it when I want to watch it, how I want to watch it, usually on Netflix, okay? But Net, uh, network television on a schedule where you're tied to it. For me, that was a stop forever. I didn't want television dictating my schedule and I've got so many other opportunities and so many other things going on. Okay, So you probably have activities that are stop, stop forever. There's also things that are on there that you stop just for now because they're a no for now, but they're not a no for later. No for now, not for later, meaning you stop them temporarily so that you can focus on pursuing your dream. 
Um, in the instance with my dad, it might have been like golf's a no for now while my kids are little, but it's not a no for later when they're growing up. Now I think he never went back to it. Sometimes it happens. Uh, a year ago, we had a tough, tough season as a family, and we decided that we were stopping all extracurricular activities for a season. I remember talking to one of my daughters that loved gymnastics, that played gymnastics, that went to it regularly. She was good at it. She did tons of stuff, was learning the backflips, all the roundoffs, and the handsprings, and the beam, and was amazing at it. And I talked to her, and we decided that that fall, gymnastics was a no for now, just for the fall, not for later. We could go back to it in January if she wanted to, so that we could pursue something else, which was connecting as a family. And so for you, there are probably dreams and things that are no for nows, not for leaders, things that you stop doing now so that you can pursue the values and the priorities that you have in this moment. And then when those things are done, then you look at the other things later on. You say, well, what's the point? The point is clearing the schedule and making sure that you live from the priorities that you've set are your priorities and prioritizing those dreams that God has placed inside of you and orchestrating and building out your life around that rather than just letting life happen to you. Does that make sense? So um, kind of a crash landing right there, but I'm going to stop it. Instead of pursuing more information, I'm going to stop it because I am convinced that if you identify actions that work, And if you identify actions that get the results that you want, and if you step towards those goals in a regimented way consistently with reliable actions that are part of the success recipe, I think this, I think that if you prioritize that process, then you can relax about the results. If you prioritize what you do and prioritize the things that you know get the results that you want, you can relax. You don't have to wonder, will this happen? It's a matter of... Not if, but when. And you keep continuing to swim underwater, and in time, the visible success happens. You see? With that, I'm going to sign off. I'll be back in the next episode and take you to probably one of my favorite lessons in this entire workshop, which is on the why. And, and you know, and the reality is they're all my favorite, right? Uh, here it is. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you, may he be gracious to you and give you favor, and may he give you the wisdom, knowing that your path is ordered, that the steps of a righteous man and a righteous woman are ordered by your heavenly Father, and that as you step forward, that he has already, he's already redeemed the dreams inside of you, and that those dreams will come to pass because those dreams are his, and he has put those desires in your heart. I bless you with peace. Shalom. I'll see you again soon.